Welcome to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we discover our personal definition of wealth through conversations with talented and successful women who are living their version of a wealthy and meaningful life. Teresa Leftenant is owner of Reinventing Her Money, a boutique financial planning and wealth management company located on Seattle's east side. Teresa is a licensed financial advisor and certified financial planner professional. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA, SIPC, CFP and Certified Financial Planner. The Certified Financial Board of Standards Incorporated owns these certification marks in the U.S., which it awards to individuals who successfully complete CFP Board's initial and ongoing certification requirements. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for an individual. We suggest that you discuss your specific situation with a qualified professional. Our guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial, Teresa Lieutenant, or Reinventing Your Money. Welcome to episode 26 of A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we support women to create a meaningful and abundant life on her terms. As a certified financial planner, wealth advisor, author, and speaker with over 30 years experience, professional women and their partners hire me to gain the right knowledge and confidence to overcome financial challenges that women often face as they pursue a wealthy life. And what is my definition of a wealthy life? Well, true wealth is found when we're pursuing our passions, exploring who we are, expressing our inner talents, and living our personal dreams, supported by the financial resources we need to make the best choices along the way. Now, my expert guests and I, we explore seven elements of living a wealthy life, which include our finances, personal health and wellness, professional and career, mental and emotional wellness, recreation and fun, relationships and contribution and legacy. And I share my philosophy on the inner power qualities that women can develop to expand their lives, as well as ideas on how to improve your long-term financial fitness. Now, today's episode is part of our mental and spiritual wellness series. And before I invite my guest to join us, I wanna ask you kind of a direct question. Would you like to have more money in your life? Would you like to use the money you have to live life to the fullest as you visualize it? To live a wealthy life, one where you are pursuing your full potential and experiencing great new adventures, it requires a great deal of desire and motivation. Now you all know my passion is to help women like you do both make more money, and use your money to support what you truly want for your life. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Well, there are specific steps to be able to do that, and you can learn what they are. But first, let's talk about what it means to you to have more money and what having more money can do for your life. So consider this question. What does money mean to you? Why do you want more money if you do? Well, when my clients answer these questions, they don't say uh, retirement. They say, spend more money, spend more time to be with my grandchildren or make my side hustle into a real business. And they don't say, buy a new house. They say, live in a property where I can entertain and have my family and relatives be comfortable so they can come visit and stay a while. So no matter what you want your money to do for you, it can take time and effort for your dreams to actually come true. 
But first, you really need to want it, something better or something different from what you're living right now. And okay, we all know this intellectually, that our beliefs support the amount of money we have. What, what we have trouble with is becoming aware of the specific beliefs that seem to have us stuck in less money than we really want to live those dreams we think about. So do you have trouble figuring out what beliefs, what limiting beliefs are getting in the way of having the money in the life you want? Well, the good news is my guests and I are going to dig deep into that in just a few moments. But first remember this, nothing has meaning except for the meaning we give it. Do you agree with me on that? You see, we all create a story that seems to work for us. And our story can either be happy and abundant or unhappy and scarce. So which story do you believe about yourself regarding money? You've heard the word self-talk, right? Well, what do you say to yourself when you need to pick yourself up and keep moving forward? Do you say things like, no matter what happens, I will do whatever it takes. Or I can do anything one step at a time. Or a winner does what a winner has to do. Or do you tell yourself the opposite? So how can you change your beliefs if they aren't supporting what you want? All right, listen to these initials. They are simple, yet they can teach you everything you need to know about how to get your mindset in shape around earning more and living a wealthy life. T-F-A-R. That's right, T-F-A-R. Okay, what do they mean? Well, T is thoughts. Now our thoughts lead to F, our feelings, which lead to A, our actions, which lead to results. So thoughts lead to feelings and feelings create our actions and actions lead to our results, T-F-A-R. Make sure you write that down. So the source of everything you feel, everything you do, and everything you experience is what? Yes, our thoughts, your thoughts. Our results are controlled by our thoughts and our past programming, which are thoughts. And many people's thoughts and beliefs around making and having more money don't support the result of having a lot more money. So let that sink in for a minute. Is it your programming, your thoughts, are they supporting the dreams that you tell your friends about, that you tell your financial planner is really important to you? All right, think about this. What is your model for a good person who has wealth and influence? Is it Oprah? She's that for me. How about Priyanka Chopra Jonas? She gives a lot of money away. How about Richard Branson, Bill Gates? What is the difference between you and Oprah and Priyanka and Bill Gates? Well, it's their thoughts about making money versus your thoughts about making money. So how do you know if your thoughts are supporting what you want with your money? Well, I think I've said this. You have to look at your results. How much money do you actually have? Now, it's not just your thoughts. I get it. Actions are really important. And sometimes you have to learn what actions are necessary to take in order to have the results that you're thinking about in the future. So abundant thoughts and beliefs lead to abundant results. And the same is true for scarce 
results. Scarce thoughts and beliefs lead to actions that create those those scarce results. And scarce doesn't have to mean having no money. It can mean not having as much money as you want. So what are some of the thoughts and beliefs that you have that you're keep that are keeping you kind of trapped, kind of stuck in these financial results that you don't really want? What are your scarcity thoughts? What are they usually based on? Well, we know this, but I'm going to remind you. It's usually because we're afraid of something. It's fear. But we know that fear stands for those fantasized experiences appearing real. I know this isn't new, but I know I like to be reminded of it sometimes because my fear can become so normal and so real sometimes that I need to really pay attention to what thoughts are creating those fearful feelings inside of me. So is fear real or imaginary? Well, here's an example. Maybe you're fearful that if you want too much money, you'll be considered greedy and someone somewhere will actually judge you as a bad person. Or you might feel like if you have more money than someone else, they'll have less money and then you fear that you'll feel guilty and that they will suffer. So ask yourself, are those fears really real? Do you really know if someone is judging you harshly? Or do you really know if that someone who seems to have less is suffering in some way? You see, this is an example of an imagined fear. And that fear can lead you to take actions that actually provide a result that you say you really don't want. So when it comes to fearing that if you have more money than someone else will have less money, I want to give you a couple of statistics that should calm that fear right now. So on the Federal Reserve's economic data website, there's a graph that reports that in 1980, the whole money supply in our country, which means bank accounts and money markets and cash on hand and that kind of thing, they measure that several times every year. So in 1980, there was $2 trillion of money supply. Now it's 2020 and it's, or 2020, and it's 18.3 trillion. So there's more than enough money for everyone who's working to earn it. That means there's more than enough money for you and you won't be hurting anyone else if you earn it. So here's another fear-based belief. If you try to make more money, you might be disappointed or you might fail. Okay, so are you a parent? Well, even if you aren't a parent, you know a parent. And would you tell your children that they shouldn't go over their goals because they might be disappointed? Of course you wouldn't. You want your kids to believe that they can have anything that they're willing to work for to get, right? Now the question is, do you believe that for yourself? Well, the idea of not trying to improve your results because you might fail or be disappointed, that just isn't the way you're ever going to experience those really important long-term goals that you have. Most of us lose out because our thoughts convince us that we should just settle for our current results instead of doing what? You got it, being uncomfortable. So why do most people experience less than a wealthy life? Because they settle for what they think they can get comfortably. One of my mentors, Harv Ecker, put it this way, quote, 
If your goal is to be comfortable, you will never be as rich as you dream of. And if your goal is to be rich, you have a much better chance of ending up better than comfortable. That seems like a good deal to me. One problem many people have is that their financial goals just aren't high enough. If your financial goal is too high, you might miss it. But if it's too low, you will likely hit it. So which is it for you? Too low or too high? And what do you really want to go for? By the way, what are some of the reasons to have a higher financial goal? Well, obviously, life's lifestyle can be different or bigger, more opportunities. You can grow yourself into a, a different person and you can help others. You know, many people say bad things about people who have more money than they do. They even call them corrupt or think that they might take advantage of people. And that can be a real limiting belief for a lot of women. But if you really think about it, there are rich people who are corrupt and there are poor people who are corrupt. A person's choices in life don't always have to do with money. Money really has nothing to do with whether you're a good person or a bad person. Are you a good person? Of course you are. And money is not going to make you a bad person. Money is simply a tool. It can be used to build things. It can be used to destroy things too. And it's up to you. So let's invite our guest now to continue talking about how our thoughts lead to our results with our money and in every other area of our life. So Melissa Kim Corder is a best-selling author coach and clinical hypnotherapist certified in over 37 modalities. Her specialty is helping high achievers to overcome emotional and financial blocks with her evidence-based approach. She uncovers blockages and patterns by examining the connection between the nervous system and the subconscious mind. Often she hones in on the specific issues at hand and has found the pattern. And once she does that, she crafts a recipe for her clients to release and replace the block utilizing hypnosis and EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. So she's helped thousands of creatives, authors, and coaches achieve goals and reach new levels of financial and emotional success. So I am so excited to talk to her today. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, Teresa. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to be here with you. Me too. Now, you're on the show because I have to share this. One of your business associates, she called me up out of the blue and introduced you and convinced me that you should be a guest on the show. So, of course, I said very, yes very quickly because you and I have this similar passion. We are all about elevating women's financial standing and working on their mindset and their beliefs around money is really the doorway to get there. So you have a private coaching business and you're helping entrepreneurs and women shift their relationship with money. So give us just an introduction about your journey to doing this kind of work. Well, I'll be honest. It's kind of funny because I really wanted nothing to do with this topic whatsoever. <laughs> I really didn't. I felt that sharing about money, talking about money, I didn't want anything to do with it. I felt like I just had so much resistance around the, the subject. I thought it wasn't right to talk about money. I had my own programming that I really had to learn how to work through and the resistance that came with that. That led me to actually discover 
all of these other people that I could support and serve and how through facing my own money blocks and overcoming my own financial barriers can actually help me serve more people in the world. And that helped me move through that resistance and decide, okay, I'll give it a shot and let's see what happens. And then it became my entire business. Well, that's so interesting because that's a, a similar story for me is that I was, um, you know, brought up by a banker and uh, you would think that I would have had a healthy relationship with money, but actually I think it really contributed to a lot of my own blocks. So sometimes as entrepreneurs, we end up uh, having a passion for the very thing that that touched us the most, you know, personally. Now you've been doing this for how long? It's been a long, long time. I've been doing similar work for over 15 years. 15 years. Everything on money has kind of come and go up until about the last five, six years when I got really serious about it and committed to it. Right, right. Okay, because we do have a journey, don't we? We have to learn and grow and make mistakes along the way. Well, we're just going to take a very quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to be asking Melissa to share some of her philosophy and findings around these money blocks that I've been introducing here and how she helps women really break through to better financial lives. So hang with us. We'll be right back. feel like you've stalled the same amount of money coming in and going out regardless of the amount of effort you put into your business it's time to break through your financial glass ceiling and emotional barriers no more under earning melissa kim quarter uses evidence-based techniques to help you quickly achieve your next level potential income to learn how melissa can help you install prosperity consciousness for good and to receive her free gift visit melissa quarter That's melissacorder.com. I believe that every woman is born to live her own personal dreams of a wealthy life. And I call the process of getting the dream out of your mind and into your reality, reinvention. I'm inviting you, the everyday woman, to make a decision to pursue your dreams. That's what I did. I uncovered the dreams that I was born to pursue and learned how to create those dreams with commitment and passion. I'll help you get your money in shape for your dream quest. Join my mailing list at reinventinghermoney.com. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Miss a show on KKNW? Check out 1150kknw.com for podcasts of many of our programs. That's 1150kknw.com. And welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant and my guest, Melissa Corder, who's an author, a coach, hypnotherapist, and a real expert around overcoming money blocks. Okay, so Melissa, we know that there is so much projection around money. People decide what it means and what it's for. So how do you talk about projection? And basically, what? how do you describe money? 
Absolutely. One of the ways that I start when I first start working with people, because we all have different experiences with money. We have a different relationship with money. Like you mentioned, we have a different, um, you know, childhood and different experiences that lead to perspectives. And so some of those are common and some of them are very different from one another. One of the ways I like to start working with people and, and having this conversation about money is to show them from my perspective the, the couple of avenues that I think money ref represents and reflects for us. The very first one is that I think of it as a mirror. It helps to reveal our deepest beliefs about our innate value, our worth, our worthiness, our deserving. I also think of it as a vehicle. It can help us to bring our dreams to life. It can and, and help us to bring things out into the world. Uh, you mentioned it's a tool. I think of it as a tool to help us build and construct. And then the last thing I think of with money is I see it as a magnifying glass. So it doesn't change who we are when we have it or when we don't have it, but it certainly can amplify some of the qualities that we have present, our beliefs. It can show us if we're a generous person without money, we're likely gonna be a generous person with money. We're mm -hmm. someone that has a lot of fear and inner work to do around the subject. Having more money doesn't necessarily change that. We might see those decisions and those results show up when we actually start to have more money come in. So I look at it as those four things, a mirror, a vehicle, a tool, and a magnifying glass. Do you think that money has taken on uh, more importance in our society? I mean, I certainly have seen that even in my own time, you know, being a financial advisor. It's just... Uh, become so, I think, a little bit more important to happiness and to um, how we feel about ourselves. What do you think about that? Absolutely. I feel like we often use it as a form of a measurement. And so a lot of times, especially women, we'll use it as a measurement. You know, we'll look in our bank accounts and let that sort of determine how we feel about ourselves, what it means about our work, our value in the world. You know, we do the same thing with our body. Some people do this when they step on a scale. They look at a number and allow that to sort of determine what it means for them. And I feel like part of that is because we are surrounded by it. We're, we're not necessarily living in a world where you can avoid it. We deal with money every single day, whether it's consciously or unconsciously. It's either passing through our hands or digitally in our world. And so it really is at the forefront of our minds all the time in how we engage with people and really how we also engage with ourselves and what I would call like our personal power. Right. Right. You know, I think about uh, what someplace I learned this, that when you're at the grocery store and you're giving over your credit card or your cash or check or whatever, that you can think, oh, no, I'm um, going to be, you know, have less after I walk out of the store. Or you can think, look at how much I'm going to benefit this person that I'm engaging with. So every moment there is this point when you can choose how you think, which is why I wanted to talk about thinking so uh, clearly this morning is so that we could understand. Now, we have certain terms when we talk about money and the challenges women face. So one of these terms is money blocks. So explain what a money block is. So a money block can be any thought, feeling, or belief that stands between you and you achieving your financial goal or your achievement. 
It can be repetitive thoughts that we have. And a lot of these are not necessarily something we're aware of. So I call them kind of like our blind spots, sort of like automatic, you know, automatic behaviors and money blocks are different for every person, but they have common themes. They stem from different childhood experiences, impactful moments, but a block can be something that just stops you from taking a risk or taking a chance. It can be something that causes some sabotage. Often it shows up as resistance. See, that is the important. Stops you from taking a chance, stops you from taking an opportunity, or what was, can you remember that last thing you just said? Oh. Yeah. Causes sabotage. Oh, yes. Yep. Resistance and sabotage. Absolutely. Okay. So now share with us um, some of the money blocks that you see in your practice that you help your clients with. Absolutely. So one of the, the core beliefs that I notice with people is they feel like they are not enough. Now, this might mean that they don't feel good enough, they're not qualified, they don't have what it takes. And even though that's an internal process of, you could say, either thoughts, feelings, beliefs that show up, it will reflect in their finances because of their behaviors that are attached to it. And so there's so many different blocks that show up for people, but some of them are I'm going to have to to work really hard to get what I want. I'm going to have to sacrifice something, especially for women. Uh, It's going to be difficult. It can't work for me. I don't know enough. And so then we start to kind of investigate and become a seeker, always consuming books and programs and all these different things. Instead of examining why do we feel that way to begin with? What's going on beneath the surface of our awareness? What are these patterns, these behaviors? Examining the self-sabotage, looking at the resistance. What am I feeling? And there really are unlimited types of blocks that I see. But those are the, the common ones are people stopping themselves before they even begin because they make an assumption they just are not going to hit another level. They just are not going to make more. I find that women especially have a hard time wrapping their head around the idea of what more could look like or feel like. And so they make an assumption almost automatically that it's going to be challenging. It's going to be difficult. It's not going to happen. If it would have happened, you know, it should have happened by now. If it were possible for me, I would have had it by now. So there's all these different things that are actually a block because we have these thoughts sometimes in such a subtle way before we even try to do something. And that's where we can actually shut down or not even take that first step because of that limiting belief or that money block. And, and part of these, uh, I mean, really, the money blocks often are not even co- in the conscious mind that we don't we think them we've thought them so much over so much time that they're that they kind of go under underneath. Right. Is that how it works? Absolutely. And sometimes they're not even our own. Sometimes they're things we've learned in childhood. I I say that sometimes we witnessed behavior and we sort of adopted those same kind of behaviors and actions and thoughts. Other times we had things maybe told to us. Uh, We could have experienced uh, things, whether it was in the classroom, at home, you know, just all these different environments growing up. And they have a huge impact, especially when you think of when you when you first come into this world from zero to two years of age, you're kind of recording your environment. You're really taking it all in. From two to 12 is where we start to, to formalize that personality, develop the personality, our characteristics, our, our core values, our beliefs, all of that is happening in that time. And at the same time, all the things we're exposed to and what we're taught 
we really take it in and it becomes part of our constitution. And next thing you know, 20 years later, you're trying to make a decision, ask for a raise, maybe set your pricing in your business, and you just don't understand why you can't get past this because it's not logic, it's rooted in emotion. And those emotions stem back to those childhood experiences that you witnessed or that you had told to you or you just adopted those beliefs around. Yeah, you know, it sounds like understandable when you talk about it like this, but it is so deeply uh, internal that, like, I know I, I call it being triggered, you know, and, um, you know, when and when an experience uh, triggers me, I know that I'm being reminded of something that happened in my past where I made this decision either about myself or about, you know, what was going to happen. So um, we're going to talk in a minute about how you use uh, your modalities to help women actually overcome their blocks. But let's just set it out right now. Why is it helpful for women to overcome their blocks around money? Absolutely. One of let's just I'll bring in a little bit of a personal reason for me, because this is how I sort of help people as well. I recognize the value of what it started to feel like when I let more in and so Ah. When we have the block, we don't even realize. It's like you said, it's not always conscious. So sometimes it takes getting on the other side of that. And you look back and it's, and you start to see the patterns, the, the responses you had to certain things. And what I discovered is that healing or shifting, however you want to look at this, releasing those money blocks allowed me to move out of survival mode and actually focus on my greater purpose. And I feel like that's so important for people to understand because There is a human nervous system that is connected to a lot of what we're talking about here. And so for some people, what happens when they think about money, when they talk about money, when they go to make financial decisions, their nervous system is activated. And what that feels like is resistance or nervousness or fear, sometimes anger, because we can go into these different states depending on the body and our mindset. Once I learned that and I started to trace how I felt working with money and or even avoiding it altogether, which was another big problem, I recognized that the power to change it came with first looking at it. The more I began to work with that, I started to have a greater vision to serve other people because you and I both know it's really hard to think about your purpose and to be creative and feel passionate about your work when you don't know how you're going to put food on the table or you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. So coming out of survival mode, once I started to get that and see the power in that, I never looked back. And it became part of the mission to help other women to understand that and to feel that and then have the results that are connected to that, to being able to show up in your life that way. So this is, you know, this is the work that pretty much every woman deserves to do is if if she can get the courage to face uh, her uh, programming and thoughts around money, those limiting blocks, then she can break through. And that's another term that we use in this, you know, in this whole idea of how we can uh, grow and expand and, and move ourselves. So what do you mean when you say breakthrough as it as it relates to a woman's relationship with money and work she can do around that? Absolutely. So I think of a breakthrough as any type of an insightful moment when you just recognize something in a new way, you discover possibility or potential within yourself. 
uh, a personal breakthrough is like discovering a solution or having a revelation that you likely didn't have before or perhaps didn't connect the dots on. And it's just like somebody all of a sudden lifted the blinders and everything comes into alignment or clicks into place and you see something very differently. That's how I think of a breakthrough. That's a beautiful definition. And really, that's how we learn anything. Because when you think about, you know, when you uh, started on your tricycle or your bicycle, and you had that moment where you were riding and not falling, and you had your whole body just kind of figured it all out, and you got your courage up, and then you're, you're riding. So that is how we learn things. Because once you know something, you can't unknow it. I mean, you can forget it, but you can definitely not know it. So uh, breakthrough, that is the point of learning. So what is one simple thing that a woman could do uh, to have a breakthrough when it comes to money? Well, I like to say, you know, we're all in different places in our lives and our journeys and, and, you know, in our financial uh, experiences. And so if you're not able to hire a coach, which that would be the first thing I would say, hire a coach. Find someone that you resonate with that has, you know, the experience to back it up that can help you because we do have these blind spots that that we tend to not recognize and having someone else there can help you with that. But honestly, it's really about being able and willing to look at your finances first, lay it all out on the table. Remember that part of that reaction we might have is avoidance or fight or flight or freeze. And that's okay. That's a normal response. But avoiding it is not going to help you become empowered to start working through it. So take an honest look at what you have. Don't run from it. That's the first thing. This starts to give us some clarity. When we have clarity, we begin to start to call in the different tools or resources or people that can support us. Without it, we sometimes will um, avoid looking at the, the money, the bills, the different things that are going on. And it enables the patterns. And what I find is most people are afraid to get that level of clarity. But then once they do, all of a sudden, it's like this breath of fresh air. They sort of relax a little bit more and go, okay, I've got some work to do to get this together. But you know what? I feel better not hiding it or not hiding from it. So that is the first thing is 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 set that up for yourself. Whether you schedule the time to sit down, go through your finances, put it all out in front of you, take those deep breaths, which actually will affect your nervous system as well. That actually starts to reprogram your thoughts and your beliefs, because what you're doing is saying to yourself, I'm willing to look at this. I'm willing to be with this. And that's one of the first steps to figuring it out and letting this this sort of change unfold. Yes. And I uh, that's beautiful. I know that in my own business and, and I was just working on a new page for my website where I really am going through each step of facing, being honest, you know, how do you do that? I'm, I'm working on that page for my website. It'll be uh, released soon. So you say that the biggest blocks to any kind of success is the word sabotage and the word resistance. Okay. So tell us why that is true. So first, we can think of resistance as the thing that often happens for us before, right? That's before taking an action, before you sit down till we have that clarity to look at your finances. 
Resistance is the thing that we will think or feel or experience depending on how how that is for each individual. And it's the thing that will stop us in our tracks. So resistance might be something like, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to look at my finances, but instead you're doing the laundry or you're going for a walk or you're answering the phone or you're doing all the other things besides what you know you really need to do. So resistance, I think of before we take an action. Sabotage, I think of after we take the action. So now you're saying, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to look at this. I'm going to get everything out in front of me. And you start to put the pieces together and start to work through it. And all of a sudden, you go and you spend on something you know you shouldn't be spending on. Or you purposely you know, avoid paying a bill out of fear. You, you kind of start to sabotage the process. Um, you sabotage the goals, the intentions you might have for yourself. And it is another form of resistance. And this, all of it, the sabotage, the resistance, all connects back to what we were talking about earlier, which is those patterns that we have, conscious or unconscious, that are sort of governing those decisions. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, Melissa and I will share other techniques for overcoming money blocks. So come right back. Do you want to earn more yet find yourself giving discounts and cutting your fees for clients only to bury yourself further in debt while they get a deal? Melissa has been helping people release limiting financial beliefs and change their lives by working less, not more, for over 18 years. Visit MelissaQuarter.com to receive her valuable free gift. Tap into your soul, meditation workbook, and journal prompts for spiritual entrepreneurs. Learn how to welcome prosperity into your life through her blog, online classes, and private coaching service. That's melissacorder.com, M-E-L-I-S-S-A-C-O-R-T-E-R.com. Navigating a path to increase your income is a critical part of women's pursuit of her own financial independence. Having a personalized financial plan gives a woman confidence that she knows where she is going and how to get there. We've all heard the saying, life is what happens when you are planning something else. Navigating life's changes is all a part of pursuing a wealthy life. Visit reinventinghermoney.com and click on schedule to set up a time to chat. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Lieutenant and my guest, Melissa Corder, who is a great therapist around money blocks. And uh, before the break, we were talking about types of money blocks and, and you know, what kinds of things you've experienced uh, with women. But now I want to turn the conversation to how you approach working with your clients around money blocks. So just give us a general overall view of some of the modalities that you're an expert in 
Absolutely. One of the first things I do is set the tone. So we would start by creating safety because to be honest, this is a loaded subject for a lot of people. There's a lot of um, emotion in it for the people I tend to work with. Some people have traumatic um, experiences or memories connected to finances or money. And so the first thing we kind of do is get an overview of where they're at and and some of their, um, their beliefs around it, their relationship to it. Once we have that set, we talk for about half an hour or so, I then start to work with a couple different modalities. I have two main modalities I work with. The first one is hypnosis. And I use this because it's something that is powerful in helping us to move into that subconscious patterning and that programming, those really deeply held beliefs that are hard to access through just conversation alone. And so that's one of the tools I use. That's often something that I will work with a client on. I'll write a script for them. Then I record that script for them. And then they receive that as a part of our experience together. The other thing that we do is called EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique. This is the active form of the work. So the hypnosis is passive. That's when somebody might lie down, just like they were going to listen to a meditation. They would listen to the recording, but they're open, they're relaxed. They might even drift off a little bit. So that's passive, one way to access the subconscious. The other way with EFT, the Emotional Freedom Technique, is active, meaning I work with them over the phone or over Zoom. I teach them the points. There are these different points that we use with EFT. Think of the body on the body. So if you were to imagine acupuncture, uh, think of acupuncture without the needles. And so basically what we're doing is we're tapping along these points that are different algorithms. They're very much connected to emotions, to different layers of, of the physical body so they can even help with pain. But what they will do is as we tap together and we say certain statements out loud, this is usually whatever we came up with in that part where we dialogue, we talk, and I find out there deepest fears or their concerns or where they feel stuck, we bring that into the tapping. We get it out. Because one thing I find people struggle with too is they feel a lot of shame that they have these thoughts or these feelings or these fears. And when we do this work together, we're tapping on the meridian points, saying the words, walking through that journey, it gives them the ability to number one, get it off their chest and say it out loud for sometimes for some people, the first time ever in their life. But also what it's doing is it's reprogramming the subconscious. We're no longer suppressing or holding it back. We're lifting it up and out of the nervous system is the way I describe it. After we've done that for the first about 10, 15 minutes of the the tapping round, we move into what I call relief. Relief feels better. We start to use words that feel better. We start to bring in possibility and potential. And now what's happening is the physical body and the subconscious conscious mind are responding to the tapping and to the word. So this is why an affirmation is just words unless we feel it or believe it. But when you start to combine tapping on these points, saying these words out loud with your own voice, and you start to give that belief and it starts to take hold. I call it anchoring. It starts to anchor it into the subconscious. And through that repetition, you start to feel better. And the thing is, it's so fast because we measure. So before we start a thing, I have you sit and go, all right, on a scale of zero to 10, how intense is this money block or this problem for you or concern? We measure it on that scale. We write it down. Then we go through the process and we measure again. 
every time you people likely shift and most people are at an eight a nine a ten an intensity when it comes to money stuff they're just up there and next thing you know it's a six a four a two but with a physical difference in how they feel in the body the body all of a sudden reacts differently we might not have that nervous tension in the stomach anymore tightness in the throat feeling uncomfortable talking about money next thing you know it's like I've done hard things in my life. I can do this too. And that hope starts to come in. So that process moves people from pain, whatever their inner pain is, or their inner uh, turmoil and limiting beliefs into relief. And from relief, we move into hope. And all of this gets programmed in the nervous system and they start to actually show up differently in the world. So just like your acronym that you used in the beginning, their actions and the results start to show the inner work they did through the tapping and through the conversation and the hypnosis. And I have used EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique, myself in my life. I've overcome uh, earlier, much earlier, a fear of flying, and now I'm still working on a fear of water with it. And and you can sort of have a tune-up every now and then if you need it. Like, you know, when I go go have a, a water um, event, then I, I can use it, uh, what I learned in my tapping uh, tapping process, I can use it if I need a tune-up. So uh, what makes the EFT you do different? There's a few different things. So I've been studying EFT for many, many years. I've had lots of different instructors and mentors. I've taken many programs uh, and, and different certifications in it. And even though I really resonated with the work, I never felt a difference. I just didn't feel like it did anything for me. Uh, but it kept coming up over the years, especially the more I would study the subconscious and all these different things. So as I was learning about it and, and I was relentless, I was going to figure this out, <laughs> kept trying it and trying it, trying it. I one day decided I was having a really difficult time and I just decided to use it. But the difference in that moment is I wasn't holding back my emotion. I was having a breakdown moment. I was in tears. I was a mess. I just was really struggling in a situation. I just started tapping. And the difference is I didn't hold back in how I felt. I wasn't trying to sugarcoat it. I wasn't trying to go right into the positive. I really let myself have at it and it was ugly and it was messy, but within two minutes it shifted. I felt different. I didn't feel so much in the struggle. So I started to take that little bit of a scenario and, and test it on myself. What worked? What was it about that? How did I feel different? And I, with everything I knew about the subconscious mind and human behavior and psychology, I took that in, but then everything with emotion and, and shame and guilt and, and especially with women and how we can sort of try to hide that sometimes or just power through, I took all of that in. And what I began to do was craft and customize my scripts. They were very honest, very vulnerable, and really genuine. I didn't go into these affirmative statements that were like, everything's going to be fine. I make lots of money because it felt disingenuous to me. Yeah. And I went into, you know what? I'm tired of the struggle. This sucks. How did I get here before? And I know that a lot of people are afraid to talk about that or to tap on it because they feel like, well, if I focus on that, isn't it going to get worse? But the truth is you're already feeling it. You're just giving it an out. 
So that was one of the keys in what I created to make EFT a bit different. The other thing is I really listen very well to people and I often hear between their words. And so sometimes what I would do is start to take that and pay attention to that and put that into their scripts. And next thing you know, they're bawling and they're and they're just having these breakthrough moments because there was something about my vulnerability that they could relate to that a lot of the general scripts sort of they're a little more surface level or they're not necessarily as deep and profound. And I feel like that's what we're actually trying to do is access that part of ourselves. So I have built that into my work when I work with people and, and I let them know, you know what, if you are willing to trust me and to trust the process, there is nothing to be ashamed of. There is nothing anyone can say to me that I either haven't heard before or felt myself. And so when we tap, we're relieving that. We're liberating it. That's why I believe they call it emotional freedom. You're freeing yourself up from what's underneath the surface so that you can achieve those higher goals and break through those financial glass ceilings and even just have more joy and peace, happiness, connection, all of it. We get to have it all. Wow, that was such a beautiful description and I can really hear your passion and your your experience with this. And really, if you're going to trust someone to work with some of these deeper emotional issues, and let's face it, this is one of the things that makes women wonderful is that we're deeply feeling, you know, human beings. And yet some of these emotional feelings can get in our way. And so when you want to, when you want to trust someone, uh, you know, you would be a great person to trust because you're definitely very experienced and very passionate about it. But let's talk a minute about this, um, you know, motivation for women to really take a look, to really admit that there is uh, an issue, there is a block, there is an emotional um, resistance, because that is what it, the first step is, isn't it? It's, it's to really notice that there is something that could be worked on. So how do we help women become more motivated, Melissa? Oh, there's so many great answers to that. I feel like the first is, is, is really helping people to understand that what they're thinking or feeling is, is not something brand new or only in their experience, especially as a female entrepreneur, we have all had those moments. We've all wanted to give up or walk away or question, why am I doing this? How am I going to, you know, make this better and take it to the next level? And I feel like in, in, in a lot of different industries, people hide that. They, they sort of put on a mask and act as if everything's perfect or together, or I have a six-figure launch and, you know, just out of nowhere. But the truth is, there's a lot of hard work that goes into all the things we're doing. And if we could just be a little more honest about that, it takes some of the pressure off. So that's the first thing I feel like is, is giving yourself permission. When I work with people, the first thing that we also do, and I mentioned this before, it's so important. This is something people can actually do at home. Give yourself permission for things to work for you. Believe it or not, there's a part of you that might be blocking something from working in your life because you might be waiting for yourself to say, you know what, it's okay for me to have that. It's okay for me to want more. I can, I don't have to feel guilty for wanting more, wanting better, wanting something different, wanting something for myself, especially female entrepreneurs. We tend to put ourselves on the back burner. 
And so it's okay to want more, but I actually will have people tap on that first and there's a little secret to that. That's one of the reasons some of the other EFT also didn't work for them. They just had this unconscious block that nothing was going to help this. On top of that could also be a belief that it's not safe for me to change this or to shift it or heal it. Because what if I actually get all that money or let it all in? What would people think? What right. would they so there's a lot of that, but give yourself permission. It comes back to just that first, I'm going to give myself permission for this to work. And it's not permission like somebody has to give it up to us so that, you know, we can move forward in life. We don't need it, but we can have an underlying belief that we don't deserve it or aren't worthy. So just by giving it, you're sort of helping to um, just just start out on a really good foot with that. Yes, you can start out with the giving yourself permission and then figure out the how and work with the relationships, changes and all the things that comes after. You don't have to have it all figured out at the beginning before you give yourself permission. So I think this is a really key uh, suggestion that you're making around motivation to change and motivation to want and to, to do more. Okay, so you have a lot of ways that people can work with you. So give us just a brief overview of your program. Absolutely. Well, thank you for, for the opportunity to share. I love this work. And as you can tell, when it's very, I'm very passionate about helping people not settle. We don't need to settle in our bodies and our bank accounts and our beliefs. And so one of the things I've done is I've created a program. It's a five-week program. It is a private mentorship. And so I take people through it individually. And it's five weeks long. We start with savings. We look at savings. We look at debt. We look at income, income goals, and then our relationship to money, which might involve some segments on toxic money and releasing our beliefs around that. And so each week we work together for five weeks. I, I talk a little bit about the process, some of the things we talked about here, and then we get to work and we start digging in on your stuff. And then I craft a script. We actually do the tapping together so that you know what it can feel like. You have an experience of it. And then when we're done, I actually write and record a hypnosis script for you as well. A recording that you have based on your blocks or your needs because they're different for each person. So five week process and it is my passion. I love it. Wonderful. And so I just quickly want you to remind people how to find you. You can go to my website, www.melissacorder.com. Everything you need is there on the homepage. Well, thank you so much for being my guest. As I told you, I knew we'd run out of time before we ran out of words. So maybe we'll do it again sometime soon. All right. So next week, our guest will be Ronnie Sasaki, who is an author, speaker, business owner, and a disabled world-class skier, winner of a gold medal and three bronze medals at the 1992 Paralympics in Alberta, France. So I'm so excited about our conversation, which is titled A Leg Up on the Competition, adapt to win. So thank you everyone for listening and being a part of our Wealthy Life for Her mission. You have many shows you can listen to and I'm always grateful when you choose ours. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you Alexis Lieutenant Gregory who composed our theme music, Eric my producer, the support staff at Financial Advocates and everyone at KKNW 1150 AM. Sign up for my free training the seven financial tips to survive COVID-19 at reinventinghermoney.com. Remember, ladies, 
Financial independence is your birthright. With the right education and empowerment and the right financial advice, you can overcome your financial challenges and create a wealthy life on your terms. See you next week. In today's uncertain circumstances, talented women are challenged with common financial problems. You may be wondering, should I continue to contribute to my 401k plan? Should I sell my home? Should I stop paying down debt? There are no shortage of financial experts competing for your attention in the media. But what you read in an article may not be the best advice for your unique circumstances. Don't make costly mistakes by reaching for a quick answer to your questions. Visit ReinventingHerMoney.com where listening and answering your financial questions is what we do. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRASIPC. Teresa is founder of Reinventing Her Money and author of Reinventing Her, helping women plan, pursue, and capitalize on their next chapter. Available on Amazon. She is a certified financial planner and wealth advisor for professional women who aspire to a wealthy and financially independent life. Learn more at reinventinghermoney.com.